Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. You may have assumed that as long as you obey God, things in your life will run smoothly. In many cases, that's true, but in many cases, it's not. In Daniel chapter 6, we see an honest man being lied about by corrupt politicians who say he will not obey the law. The truth was that Daniel could not obey a law that caused him to go against the Lord. The reason Daniel ran into this was because he was an outstanding worker, yet not secret about his faith and values. Here, Daniel provides an outstanding example to us all. To see how he handles it, here's Pastor Jim in part two of his message, Costly Faith. When you're on your job, you're not just a this. You are a servant of God. And be who God has created you to be to the best of your ability. If any of you are from the South, you know this expression. Be who you is, don't be who you ain't. God has uniquely wired you to be the person that you are. He brings together a group of people in a church with all kinds of different gifts. I just happen to be a guy who, whatever, I just like to read. And I get up in front of a group of people. Most of you know, I don't even really like public speaking. But I don't know what happens. I get up. I read my outline before I come up here. Devil goes, oh, this is going to be a stinker. I go, it's going to be worse than you think, right? And then I get up here, and then something happens to me. If I can't use the word God or Holy Spirit, then I can't tell you what happens. Be who you are. Be happy with who you are. Be faithful with who you are. Verse four, so the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel. By the way, that doesn't mean you didn't improve on who you are. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault. There was no corruption in this guy because he was faithful. What was he? He was trustworthy, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Some versions say there was no negligence Verse five, very important. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless, you might want to circle that word, unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. You know, living for God can get very lonely sometimes. Some of you in your work, in your family, you're very lonely trying to live out your faith. Some of you are a boss where you work. It gets very lonely. You're like, why did I become the boss? I liked it better when I was a worker, when I could sit at the water cooler and complain about the boss. Now they, I know they're all sitting at the water cooler complaining about me. And if that has happened with you, blessing and success often make people jealous, doesn't it? I'm sure you see it. Maybe you, know, you, maybe you bought a house. You finally bought a house. You're like, ah, oh, I bought a house. Put some furniture in it. You invite your family over. You think it's going to be a nice thing. And they're like, oh, nice digs, buddy. Right? Like they're not even, they can't even be happy for you. Doing the right thing, being trustworthy, serving God by serving your employer can make a, you a lot of enemies very quickly. Daniel was a worker that every employer dreams of and the kind many coworkers hate, especially if they're lazy because he makes them look bad. 
It's quite possible Daniel could, or they already did, bring an end to some of their corrupt side deals. So what do they do? They have a meeting behind his back. They have a meeting behind his back. Now, it's very interesting. Sometimes people say there's inconsistencies in the Bible, but they just don't know how to read the Bible. Let me give you two when it comes to you in the workplace. Matthew 5, 16, Jesus says this. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. How many of us like that? We like that. We like that, right? That's King Darius. He sees that in Daniel. That's it. We like that. 2 Timothy 3.12, the Apostle Paul says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's his co-workers. They're not contradictions. It matters who the people are. It seems to me that we often make the mistake of thinking that if we are faithful in life, that our life is going to run smoothly. What in the world ever gave you that idea? Well, Pastor Jim, let me tell you how I got that. Okay, tell me, do tell me. Some of you right now are going, well, somebody told me one time that God had a wonderful plan for my life. He does. He does. But wonderful and smooth are not the same word. <laughs> they don't always agree. Between the Babylonians that are still there, the Medes and Persians that are coming in, Daniel remains a hated Jew who is, as we just said, now being nominated for prime minister. He's an old man in a new world, but the word of God remains unchanged and still applies in Daniel's day and in our day. So the corrupt politicians seek to find corruption in Daniel, but they can't find anything wrong. But they are not dummies. A lot of times we read the Bible and we think that the enemies of God are dummies. They're not dummies. Verse five, we see they know all they need to do. They can't find any corruption in him, but they know this. If we pit the law of the land versus the law of God, Daniel will choose God 365 days a year. Except in leap year, then it'll be 366. Now, some of you are like, oh, the Jewish had a different calendar. Oh, please. He will choose God no matter what. So the corrupt politicians seek to find corruption in Daniel. They can't find anything wrong. Now, we might call this that Daniel will obey the, the word of the Lord and we want to obey God. We might say, do we obey God or do we obey the government? We have to be very, very careful here. Very, very careful here. Romans 13 says that God gave the government to us. It's his instrument of righteousness. Some governments are good, some governments are not. Remember in a previous service, we said you usually get the leaders that you deserve. In Acts 5.29, they told the apostles, stop preaching in the name of Jesus. And they said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Now, some people say that's an inconsistency. We're supposed to obey the government, Romans 13. The apostles say we're supposed to obey God rather than man. All I will tell you this is we must be very careful that we are not rationalizing what we think is 
laws we don't want to obey and laws we do want to obey. For example, I've seen many of you drive. The speed limits posted on Route 80 are not a suggestion. They are the law. Now, let me ask you a question. So you're zipping down 80, going about 95 or 100 because you're late for church. (laughs) Policeman pulls you over and you say, I'm morally opposed to the speed limit laws. (laughs) Are you going to get a ticket? Yes, Yes, you are. (laughs) If they don't take you away in a (laughs) straitjacket. Okay, so let's be real careful about what we think is a law that we can follow and one is that we can't. And let's understand that for some people, they're going to be able to follow some laws that other people feel is a conflict for them. Let's not divide over those things. If we want to debate over those things, we want to discuss those things, that's perfectly fine. But we want to be very careful because who would love to use the government to divide the church? Yeah, that guy, that guy. And so let's be very, very careful. Two things I think we can assume about Daniel here. Number one, uh, Daniel was not a secret disciple. Too many secret disciples in the workplace Everybody there knew about his faith. It was no like, you don't see guys going like, oh, he's, he's a follower of Yahweh? Never knew, never knew. No, they all knew. And the second, they knew that nothing would get him to compromise his faith. A great lesson for us here. Verse six. So these governors and satraps, so let's just call them the crooked politicians, thronged before the king, so they all... Bunch of people pile in to see the king and said to him, King Darius, live forever. Oh, please. (laughs) Before we stab you in the back, we're going to say live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, well, not all of them. There's only three of them and Daniel's not there. The administration and satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together. We've all got together. We've agreed. We wanted to make sure we agree before we bring this to you to establish a royal statute and make a firm decree. Another version says that we're going to make an ordinance and we'll enforce it for you that whoever petitions any God or man for 30 days. What what do you mean petition man? Probably going to a priest of one of the false gods and that whoever petitions any God or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. In other words, in the law of the Medes and Persians, once a king makes a law, it can't be changed, it can't be revoked, it can't be repealed. Verse nine, therefore King Darius signed the written decree, so now it's law. So they say, well, we all got together. Well, almost all of us. Daniel wasn't there. And they say, you know, since it's a new kingdom, you're the new king, I think it would be nice if we had a let's worship King Darius month. I think that would really be nice. And you can picture Darius going, hmm, maybe not a bad idea. They know that Daniel only worships the living God, so they know this won't fly with Daniel but I'm sure the request seems reasonable to the king. 
Now, why would this request seem reasonable? Because they're pagans. They, they, they worship many false gods. And what they're going to do is they're going to make Darius the only mediator possible for 30 days between the people and the false gods. Now, in the New Testament, we know there's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, you can imagine Darius sitting there going, well, everybody agrees with this, I get it. It kind of makes sense. What a great way to, to unify the kingdom. There's a new sheriff in town. There's a new king in town. We'll, we'll, we'll unify the, the, new, the people under the new government. We'll find out who's loyal and, and who's not. Now he wonders probably out loud, or maybe he asks the people, will, will, will the people go for this? And they go, oh, don't worry. We'll enforce it. If they, don't, if they don't obey, just a little slap on the wrist. You know, we'll just throw them in the den of lions. It's no big deal. We'll take care of all of it. But it's a trap. But it's not just a trap for Daniel. It's a trap for the king. You see, they know that Daniel serves the king. That's why Dan, he wants to promote Daniel to the prime minister position. But they also know that Daniel will never worship the king. No way. That is not going to happen. You see, this is just like 600 years later, 650 years later, Jesus with the religious leaders. They don't want Daniel in trouble. They want him dead. They want him gone. It's just like the religious leaders said about Jesus. They said this, we will not have this man rule over us. And that's exactly what they're saying about Daniel. Yet Daniel's consistent walk with God pre prepared him for this crisis. And, and a consistent walk with God will prepare you for the crisis that comes into your life. It will shape your character as you walk with God. Verse 10, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he completely panics. Is that what he does? That's not what your version says? Oh, it doesn't say that on the screen either. He went home and cried? No. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem, we'll talk more about that in chapter nine, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since the early days. Some of your versions say, just as he had done before. So what did he do? He went and got alone with God. He heard about what was going on. He says, okay, I got to go do my thing. And getting alone with God made Daniel a better man. It will make you a better man. It will make you a better woman. Jesus pulled away from the crowds to get alone with God. Now, here's the, here's the, here's the problem. We all need some time alone with God in our lives. But too much isolation is not a good thing. So you have a lot of people right now in our country that have just been too isolated for the last year and a half. And it's playing with their minds. 
God made us to be, you know, social beings. You know, the, a, lot of, a lot of the educators are, are concerned about our kids, but it, it happens for all of us. And so what happens to a lot of people who are isolated? What do they start doing? Their social life is with YouTube. And so they, so they just begin to believe everything that they hear or that they see on YouTube. And so we have to be so careful of such things. I've said this before, but I think it's always worth mentioning again that it's a secular way of thinking, but they've done polls of the most quote-unquote successful people of life. Now, you don't need to raise your hand. How many of you think they're extroverts? And how many of you think that they're introverts? No matter what you voted, you're wrong. It's a trick question. They're actually ambiverts. Ambiverts are people who have traits of both introverts and extroverts. They spend time alone and they spend time with people. Most of the greatest business people that have ever existed spent their mornings alone, their afternoon with their staff and their evenings with their family to recharge their brains, to be able to think more clearly. And so we all need time alone, but we all need time with people in order to stay sharp. Daniel doesn't fight for his rights. He's not protesting. He just goes home and does what he always does. He prays. You see, it wasn't just a crisis that drove Daniel to his knees. Daniel was a servant of the Lord, and prayer was a daily practice in his life. And notice he, he kneels in submission to God. That's what the kneeling is. He faces Jerusalem. They longed for Jerusalem. Faces the area where the temple was. The temple was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar, but the temple was symbolic of the presence of God. They longed for it. You see, we say about the Exodus that it took one night for God to take his people out of Egypt, but 40 years to get Egypt out of his people. Daniel was the exact opposite. Maybe it took him a short time to get Daniel out of Jerusalem, but they never could take Jerusalem out of Daniel and a lot of the other people that were there. Some people acclimated. They became like Babylonians, but other people did not. In fact, King Solomon, hundreds of years earlier, told them, 1 Kings 8, if you want to read on your own time, again, we'll see it in Daniel chapter 9, that if you get exiled, that's what you want to do. This is true prayer. It concern, he's concerned for the honor and glory of God and the people of God. We say this, he's praying for the glory of God in the church. Friends, that's something we all need to pray for. We all need to pray for the glory of God in the church. I know some of you have friends, you would love to have them come to church. Do you want them to come to church and to see a bunch of people going, how great is our God? Is that what you want them to say? Book of 1 Corinthians says what you want to have people come into church and see people, not all weird, but just worshiping God. And saying, surely God is in this place. That's what you want. 
Remember that when you sing after the, after the message today. Remember that when you come in next Sunday to hear about Daniel saved in the lion's den. That you are a testimony, a witness to someone who's coming into the church. Maybe someone who's never been in a church like this before. Maybe someone who doesn't follow Jesus. Maybe somebody who wants to know about all this stuff. So many people want to know about all this stuff right now. Or maybe it's someone who was far from God and think, well, maybe I'll give it one more chance. That it is our love, that it is our worship that will we'll testify to people that this whole God thing is real. Daniel's character was formed in prayer. Daniel's character was formed in worship. Daniel's character was formed in the word of God. And his trust in God was just revealed in the times of trial and trouble and difficulty. Trials and difficulty, if you wonder what you are, those things will reveal it. Who you are in God. Hebrews 4.16 says this, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain. We like that. We can walk in like, who the heck do you think you are? You're like, I'm a child of God. I'm coming in boldly to the throne of grace. Why? You're going to obtain. What are you going to obtain? Mercy and find grace to help in time of need. How many of you like that? How many of you like that? The rest of you need more coffee. But this is what I want us to remember. Go back to the beginning. You come to a throne, and don't ever forget that. Daniel, on his knees, looking towards Jerusalem. Jesus would be looking up to heaven. What did those guys remember? They were praying to a throne. Not some dude on the street. Someone who had the power to change everything. The way we come to God sometimes, I could just imagine him being like, come on, man, you're coming to a throne. You're coming to a throne. Remember, you come to a king. Let that sink into your heart every time you pray. Have the reverence to know that you come to a throne. Notice he comes and there's no mention about this new law. There's no mention of praying for his life, although that's quite possible. Look what we're told. He gave thanks before his God. Let's be perfectly honest. Do we come in to the throne room of God? And how much of our time is spent giving thanks for the goodness of God? When we come into the throne room of God, what are the angels saying? Ah, here comes the complainer. Here he comes again. Oh, this guy, man. I can't believe God makes us endure having to listen to this guy. Oh, here she comes. Let's sing her song. All the angels are going, here's her song. Me, 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 me. It's all about me. It's all about me. Yes, we're going to get those things from God. But do we give thanks for the goodness of God? That's what Daniel did. 
Thankfulness to God is what leads Daniel. It will lead you and it will lead me to trust God and to face today's and tomorrow's trouble. Now, some of you say, I'm a busy guy. I don't, I don't really got time for that stuff. Really? Are you being nominated for vice president of the United States? You see, Daniel was a guy who made time for the important things in life and wouldn't let anyone or anything change that. Look at verse 11. Then these men assembled, and so they come kind of as a group, and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. All right, you ready? Here comes the tough part. They knew where to find him. They knew where to find him. Let me ask you a question, whether you're sitting here, another room, watching online. Do people know where to find you on a Sunday morning? Are they like, oh, well, they're in church. Oh, I'm going to call so-and-so. Don't bother. He's in church. Well, I'm going to text so-and-so. Don't bother. They're watching their, their goofy church service online. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there too if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.